0: Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. I'm Keith Conrad. And I'm Misty Callahan.
1: On Geek Counter Geek, we'll tackle the tough questions that keep you up at night. Like who is the better captain? Kirk, Picard, or Crunch? Plus, you'll get to chart our progress as I try to write the great American novel. And I try to create a comic book. It's Geek Counter Geek on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
0: John and Stephen hey it's Cabinated Comics I'm here with John Clark with me as always is my co-host Stephen and we are uh, basking in the glow of Black Friday and Cyber Monday Um, I still have a lot of figures that haven't yet shipped and I'm like yeah okay
1: Oh, it's like paid for and they're just like... uh,
0: Well, I think they're already backed up by the holiday season that they're like processing. I just got a lot of stuff that's processing. Uh, I bought two Omnibuses that haven't shipped yet and I'm like... which ones? They're both X-Men. So I got uh, the X-Force and Cable Omnibus, which like goes (laughs) up to Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. And I got um, the Eve of Destruction which is like the stories in between the Claremont stuff that I'm almost finished with. And it's not great. And Grant Morrison, it's like the stories right before Grant Morrison oh. and they were both 52% off. So yeah. I was like, mm, kind of in an X-Men mood.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the reason for that.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, cyber Monday, they had, uh, there were massive Marvel legends, uh, Scales and I texted you and you did not click on it. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank God. But uh, I ended up getting like Scourge and Hilo for 20 bucks. It oh, was like nuts. Yeah, that's nice. Mm. That Alpha Flight set that uh, that I just got a couple weeks ago, they dropped it like 40% for Black yeah, Friday. that's crazy. I know and it's their exclusive. Right. I'm learning with Amazon lately.
1: It was there, an Amazon exclusive. It was yeah. It is Amazon. It's uh, still there, but it's yeah. just not.
0: A, it's back to regular price. Amazon starting. Amazon really stepped in when Toys R Us went out of business. Although apparently there's two Toys R Us's out there. I've now. heard yeah it's for Christmas. But uh, Amazon picked up a bunch of the lost exclusives, like the Sentinel and Wolverine, which yeah. is now gone. Uh, but then they started to do their own because I got. Um, Emperor and Throne was Amazon exclusive. The Magneto Quicksilver uh, Scarlet Witch is Amazon. Mm. Alpha Flight is Amazon. Uh, the next one coming is Chewbacca and blown-up C-3PO. Oh, that's cool. And you can put him in the backpack, and C-3PO has, like, switchable limbs, so not only can you pop his arms off, but you can pop in, like, a shoulder, which has got, like, a wire sticking out of it. So I was like, That's yeah.
1: kind
0: of cool. I'm, I'm realizing with Star Wars Black... Uh, they're really nice figures, and I'm not a diehard Star Wars guy, but pretty much anything from A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back is going to interest me. Yeah, Like Return of the Jedi, I'm like, hmm, I yeah. still haven't, I never got around to getting Jabba, and I'm like, if I, if I don't care about Jabba, I probably don't really care about the movie.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, a speeder bike. Yeah, speeder bikes are cool. And the, yeah. The speeder bike troopers is a cool look.
0: And I got the Emperor. Yeah. But the Emperor is important.
1: He's in the other one. Mm-hmm.
0: So, there's been a lot, a lot of stuff coming. I also have uh, Big Bad Toy Store. I have a um, shipment coming from them with like a bunch. Of, they had some Star Wars figures for th- like the Star Wars Black. There were a couple that were $3. They're like, wait,
1: what? The <laughs> six inch, yeah. Yeah, that's like a $24 action figure for $3. Because of a sale.
0: Yes. Wow. So, I got Benicio del Toro from Last Jedi for $3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we and just, I was like,
1: uh, yeah. We da- just did da- a- a birthday party game? for one of the guys at work. He's a big Star Wars guy, and we did a yeah. uh, like a surprise party at the studio for him. And uh, we had the last Jedi on, and I'd only seen it once in theater. Yeah, you were
0: saying on the show. Yeah, before that, you hadn't seen so it. So I since, watched yeah. it
1: silently, <laughs> like it was on, like with the sound muted. Subtitles or on at least. No, okay, <laughs> but I forgot. I looked up, and like Benicio del Toro was in like an Empire uniform. I'm like, yep. oh yeah, this guy was in. <laughs> he was in Star Wars. He's in Star Wars and Marvel yeah he's the collector yeah. there's a bunch of guys yeah there's a uh,
0: it seems like if you're a successful actor now and you're doing blockbusters you do you're doing both <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, uh well wordy Harrelson's gonna be carnage
1: oh yeah it's so <laughs> we weird
0: we just had him in solo
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah so there's a bunch uh, there's so much stuff coming that i'm like well, take as is, long um, as you want to ship what's the
1: next set of marvel legends coming
0: uh i think we're done for the year that spider-man set should be pretty soon the fat thor set is out but i haven't seen it and it's all movie figures so i could wait yeah uh but that's the last set that came out and like i said there is um i'm getting the exclusive gray hulk that's coming Mm. from hasbro and i got like luke and the yavin Um, the metal suit, like with the yellow jacket. Oh, that's cool. It's a cool outfit, and that's usually what they put him in. Wears it again? No, in the comics they put him in it all the time.
1: Yeah, he was in Jason Aaron's run. He starts in that because it takes place
0: between Star Wars and Empire. Yeah, yeah. Although if you look at the Marvels between Star Wars and Empire, he's like, I'm gonna go back to my robes.
1: Yeah, and the robes always bugged
0: me, by the way, because in the prequels when Lucas was like, oh, all the Jedi's wear robes and they're on Coruscant, they're wearing robes. They were like. Yeah, but everyone on Tatooine wore robes. Yeah. So I assume that you didn't just wear Tatooine fashion all over the Everywhere. universe. <laughs> but he's like, oh yeah, I forgot that we could can only afford robes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they had all these extra uh, uh, bathrobes laying around. One vest. <laughs> one vest for Han. So
0: um there are there's a bunch of teasers and trailers coming out now, which I'm assuming will be attached to Christmas movies. Um, I cannot think of what the next big movie is besides Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I, f- I keep forgetting Star Wars is coming out with another movie. and uh, Because
0: The Mandalorian sucked up so yeah, much of the like, air. That's all we care about well, now. Well... Yeah, well, Baby Yoda in particular has completely taken over. That, I would say, is getting
1: a bit much, but um, I like the show so much, I'm like, all right, have as many Baby Yoda memes as you want, Internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, well, the funny thing is Daisy Ridley was on The Tonight Show to talk about Rise of Skywalker, and immediately Jimmy Fallon was like, hey, what do you think of Baby Yoda? Yeah. (laughs) It's like like that's where the franchise is driving, and she's right in line with it. She knows what she's doing. She's like, "I love baby
1: Yoda." Yeah, I think they're doing the uh it's the corporate line, you know. Yeah, well that well that's the thing is
0: that they're not going to get out of the way. Apparently there's going to be a special trailer for Rise of Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian the week Rise of Skywalker comes out. Oh, that's cool. They're actually going to push the episode up cuz the episodes are coming out on Fridays. Yeah. They've been they're going to put it shit up to like Wednesday or Thursday so it comes out the day before Rise of Skywalker hits the theaters. Cuz
1: the the movie will come out like Thursday evening.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, they used to be midnight. Now it's been like six p.m. I know. And, and it's like Wednesday midnight. it's like, midnight. <laughs> and it's like wait, what? Yeah, eventually it's just like we'll just change the date. You yeah. want your movie to come out on a Wednesday? Have it come out on a Wednesday? It's
1: so weird. Just have it come out the week before then. <laughs> Idiots.
0: Right. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really interesting. Well, in Disney, I feel like, I think this movie's gonna do really well. Uh, I think it won't beat Endgame.
1: Um, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I don't think so.
0: No. Mo- most of the Star Wars movies have beaten the Marvel movies, but I think en- Endgame was just so far and above yeah, anything was else was they'd done. Different. but
1: I don't, I don't think Marvel's going to be able to beat Endgame. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how yeah, they top that.
0: No. Well, the other th- interesting thing with Disney Plus is that it's been such a big hit. Like, they launched with 10 million subscribers.
1: Yeah. And
0: they just keep gaining them. And there's so much talk. The Mandalorian. The
1: Mandalorian is, uh, it has more viewers than Stranger Things, but then I don't know how Disney would know that if Netflix doesn't release that information. Well, that's, information. I
0: think, I saw that same article and I'm not quite sure how they measured that. I think yeah. they were tracking like talk on social media mm. and just kind of how much excitement there is. But Disney's put so much muscle behind Disney Plus, which paid off. Yeah. That it's like, I think it's going to be hard for them to get people back into theaters. Where people are like, "Oh, there's a new Star Wars movie out."
1: Just uh, wait until it's on the thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, well, here's the thing. So we were watching the uh, the last Star Wars movie, at this thing at the at the studio. We're doing this birthday party for your buddy of mine, and right, um, my boss, uh, Craig, he doesn't like care about Star Wars at all. And I was like, just watch this. Uh, It it was coming up to the final scenes of the movie, like the where they always have like a space battle, and then there's a lightsaber fight, and then like a little war going on. And I said, just watch this, like yeah, they're all Return
0: of the Jedi, basically. Basically, Basically, lightsaber fight, space battle, and then like an army, and then rebel army. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, I was like, this lightsaber fight's pretty cool, where like Kylo Ren teams up with Rey, and they fight all those guards in the red uh, uniforms that beautifully shot Snoke. yeah it was really really cool but then i was like there's this really awesome shot it's like my favorite shot in star wars is like when the one lady drives laura Dern drives the she goes light speed through the yeah. cruiser and the screen goes silent yeah and uh they had was, warnings
0: outside the theater i remember when I they had to, to
1: because people are idiots and thought that the movie was broken <laughs> um but and so he was like oh that was a really really cool shot i'm like yeah it's like it was a pretty big TV at the in the studio, but I'm like, it's so much better in the theater because it's like pitch black, right? And then it just goes quiet. It was like a really beautiful moment in theaters. And uh, um, well, people, I don't know where I was going with this. I don't. Know. Well, cool. people
0: forget part of the theater. Everybody talks about the size of the screen. Oh, it's a big screen, and there's oh, people yeah. there. And then immediately you're thinking, well, I'll buy a 70 inch TV and have five of my friends come over, and that'll be a movie. But you forget that the isolation of a theater yes. is a lot of what adds to that experience and it's impossible to do that. Um, Portlandia had a great sketch where they had a uh, indie movie theater that was just like your living room and it was a couch and you had your phone and they gave you the wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> and great. it was like <laughs> you could just answer calls and have conversations while the movie was on. Yeah. But there is that feeling of like you don't need as much light because it's they're designed to be in a in a theater with no light. Right. I mean, there, other than the safety light to get you out.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, when we were working at Diamond. Actually, before it was Diamond, when it was Artisan. Uh We were talking about Star Trek because we had the Star Trek license and they had just gone... First Contact had just come out. So they had gone from the next generation uniforms to the movie uniforms, which yeah. were way, way darker. And the the main change in the costume design... And uh, Renee once said to me, I don't know why you focus on costumes so much when you don't know how to dress. She <laughs> but, said that you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you yeah, know, when, when Quicksilver was in a green superhero outfit, it was different than when he was in a blue superhero yeah. outfit, even though the lighting He had lighting shoes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but things like that. But the main change, if you remember, from when Next Generation went from the TV to the movie, was first contact they went to an all black uniform and then they had gray shoulders and then the color of their uniform which used to be like their whole chest and arms yeah uh, just was their collar so like Picard only had a red collar yeah but then everything else was gray and black and that movie was a dark serious movie and it's the best one they made mm-hmm. but so it kind of set the tone but we we were working on the action figures and he's like yeah and he's like I, I don't understand this of how why would wha- why they went from this bright colorful uniform to this one where it was like we're making black and gray action figures. They don't look that great on the shelf. And I was like – it's the difference between movies and television. On mm. television, the, the enterprise had to compete with the lights in your living room. So it was pastels right. and it was bright. It was well lit. And you could see everybody's chest because if you're watching on a small screen across your living room – You knew that Picard was the shorter guy in the red shirt and Worf was the tall guy in the yellow shirt. Yeah. Like while you're microwaving something. But in a theater, Picard's head is now 12 feet tall. Yeah. And it's a close up. So you know who everybody is. And the Enterprise itself was really darker. The lights were all turned way down. And in fact, most of the movies, even the original movies, like the Enterprise bridges were way, way darker than they were on television. And it's because.
1: It was gonna be shown because they're theater. gauging
0: in how much light is in that room.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about that. At, Although uh, The Mandalorian
0: apparently doesn't have to, because that show's pretty gray.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it's uh yeah, it's a gray, dark show. Uh, we were just talking about how it's like there's a term for it. And I can't remember the term. It's like the warfening or something. It's like the basically is like to introduce a new bad guy to oh, show how right. is, have him beat up wharf. Yes. Yeah, and it's like there's a name for it, like a
0: term. There's a great uh, super mashup, but it's like. Uh, called wharf denied and it's 15 minutes a- oh. of wharf getting beat up and also his ideas getting yeah, shot, shot down <laughs> i've
1: seen that that's great
0: well because he's the security officer he's always like we should arm ourselves and it's like no
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it's lots of picard going no we're not gonna do
1: that. yeah that's great
0: <laughs> poor wharf
1: mm.
0: although you know in terms of longevity wharf is the frazier of star trek yeah because <laughs> after next generation he went to these space nine he he was. He played that character more than anyone else on Next Generation and did all the movies.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Michael Dorn is pretty awesome. Uh, still does voiceover. I heard him on something not too long ago. Although I've been watching Gargoyles and the Star Trek voice cast. Um, actually, Ash Williams, who usually posts about the show, pointed this out as well. Most of the Star Trek Next Generation cast is on Gargoyles at one point or another. Oh, yeah? Like Xanatos is Riker and Demona is Troy but uh a lot of them just pop up in an That's episode cool. here or there.
1: So you guys are still watching that.
0: Yeah, slowly. I uh I don't want to watch it without the boys, so yeah. it's it's kind of like well, I therefore. keep going, "Hey, let's watch Gargoyles." And they're like, "Uh, eh, let's watch DuckTales." And I'm like, ah, "All right." Yeah. So I've seen more DuckTales than they've seen of Gargoyles. But still. Yeah, um I'm yeah, I'm sl- I've been slowing down on a lot of stuff. We did Yesterday was officially Christmas, which I know you don't like to hear. It was officially Christmas. For our house, because we decorated the tree oh. and watched Home Alone, Elf, and Die Hard in one
1: day. Yeah, well, those are all the big ones, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's done now. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Um, I, my, you know what, my Christmas movie that everyone forgets, Returns? No, that's in there, but Gremlins. I watch Gremlins at pretty much every Christmas Eve, oh. and nobody talks about that,
1: yeah. I never think of Gremlins as a Christmas. It's totally movie. a Christmas
0: movie, yeah. like
1: it's a Christmas office party. right? Gremlin
0: no, that's the second one is the office building. The oh. first one's the town.
1: There's a Gremlin like hiding in a Christmas tree. yeah, they're watching it's a wonderful life. I don't know how I don't know when the last time I saw either of the Gremlins movies was.
0: They're still pretty good. Yeah. Gremlins 2 is nuts, mm-hmm. but it's still fun. Gremlins 1 is great. Yeah. It's like it balanced. It's Joe Dante. It's like he balances horror and comedy really well. Yeah. And like even Gizmo's not too annoying. He's like not too cutesy. Yeah. But yeah, that's violent. Like it was one of the movies that created PG-13. Yeah, I, th- I always
1: remember it being – uh. uh- more violent than I remember it to be because you always think it's like cute and cuddly. It's like, oh no, no this is. No, like a I believe movie. A, a lot of those people are dead. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's a lot of people laying out where it's dead like or that guy
0: unconscious, but then he doesn't come yeah. back.
1: Um, I always like Dick Smith uh, is in it. My, it's like I don't know if it's my favorite Christmas movie, and I haven't seen it in a while, so bear with me. But uh Turbo Man. Or, you know, like uh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love love Jingle All the Way. We did a
0: Jingle All the Way podcast. If you go back, um, it's still searchable in iTunes, but we had a podcast called Audio Commentaries of Audio Commentaries. And it was all comedians. And a lot of guys who have been on the show, good friends of ours, like Mark Norman did one. Mike Lawrence did one. Mike Drucker was the co-host. And we would have... We would basically, we would put on the audio commentary and we would talk back to the director talking about a bad movie. Yeah. And the Jingle All the Way.
1: Who there, directed that?
0: Oh, uh, that's a good question. I want to say like a Brian Levant or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. But Jingle All the Way um, was is Mike Drucker's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, it's he, a good movie. He loves Turbo. So I created a drinking game and... Um, I both suggest and warn you against doing this. Yeah, drinking game.
1: I think I I, I, I think I know what you're going for here. There's right? a
0: jingle. I I know I've told you the story, but there's a jingle all the way drinking game that I invented, which is you take a drink anytime anyone says Turbo Man. That's
1: a bad idea. It's a
0: bad idea because on the podcast you can hear us. I think we we each went through two bottles of wine.
1: Yeah.
0: On that podcast, and at an hour fifteen, I just yell, "All right." Only when Arnold says yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you gotta limit yourself. Because
0: there's that scene when he's on the phone with <laughs> a, with Anakin Skywalker and loses it. Yeah. It Which is the only other movie I, that Jake Lloyd ever. I really don't even made. remember
1: him in anything else.
0: No, and nobody even remembered like when they announced it. him in *Phantom Menace*. Nobody was like, "Hey, he was in that kid from *Jingle All the Way*." Yeah, that was like a year ago. Sinbad. Yeah, but uh, there's that scene when he's on the phone with him.
1: Yeah. Where he's like he's young
0: Adam, he's like I don't want to hear Turbo Man anymore. It's Turbo Man, Turbo Man, Turbo Man. I don't know more Toboman. Man. And then he cries, and like Phil Hartman starts hitting on Tom Hanks' wife again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's how weird that movie is. Yeah, it's a weird movie. Um, you can hear us gasping for air at that scene. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so if you want to get like destroyed, that's a good way Or you yourself. know, you have eggnog, you have something light. Yeah, that is my favorite Christmas drinking game. Yeah. Uh, no, but Gr- Gremlins is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, my favorite Christmas special is uh, the Muppet Family Christmas, and I'm very mad it's not on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, it's weird that it's not.
0: There's not a lot of Muppets on Disney Plus. So I was very disappointed. Yeah, like there was talk that Does
1: Disney own HBO.
0: Uh, no. Time Warner owns HBO. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. Because John Oliver always takes a dig at AT which is adorable. Yeah, AT
0: and owns <laughs> Time Warner it's now. That's
1: so Funny. Uh, uh, is that why they don't have a lot of Muppets stuff on their? No, because the Disney
0: is... owns the Muppets outright. Hmm. They don't own. It's one of those weird things, and it's it's the kind of thing that I love talking about on this podcast. And I don't know how many people follow me because it gets like weird corporate and legal. I love seeing how licenses are oh, divvied yeah. up.
1: It's like you're It's like a, It's like I don't know what category you'd put it in, but you do love when it, I think the idea of a bunch of lawyers sitting around the room arguing over who has the rights to a tuma. You know, it's like yes. that's the kind of shit you love. I
0: do, and I think I think it hits me on two levels. First of all. I don't talk about it a lot, but I've been in advertising for about 20 years now. Yeah, so it's part of it. So kind of licensing, yeah. marketing, um, all interests me. And also it's that idea of collecting. I feel like the lawyers are like, well, I got Colossus. Yeah, that's like they got Binders got full of X-Men characters. Yes, Binders full of women. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, uh, yeah I, I, comp- I get really excited about that stuff. But with the Muppets, I know that um, when Disney sold the Muppets, they separated Sesame Street.
1: Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Sesame Street's at HBO, not The Muppets.
0: Yeah, and I don't think HBO owns it. I think the children's television workshop still owns it. Yeah. But they air on HBO. And that's always the interesting thing because you can't tell just by watching it. Right. But Henson put it in the contract because Henson was going to sell The Muppets to Disney before he died. And then uh, it ended up not happening till like 10 years after he died. And we didn't get a new Muppet movie from Disney. We didn't get him up and moved from Disney until 2011, and Henson died in you know 89. Yeah, but my favorite story about that uh, goes back to toys again because Palisades did this amazing action figure line of the Muppets, of the Muppet Show, and uh, Renee and I were engaged at that time, so we just bought everything. So one time I got her to to collect action figures. Yeah, because I was like, we have to get all these, and Palisades was a small company. And they ended up going out of business when right after they ended the line. They were going to do a Sesame Street line. And they put out a Super Grover as a San Diego exclusive and then just folded. And we have every figure of that. And they're worth like $80, $90 each. Yeah. So like when I see like Sebastian running around with a beaker that has no eyes.
1: Yeah, you're just <laughs> like, oh, figures yeah. figure is so worth $100.
0: But uh, they did a reporter Kermit. You know, Kermit in like the trench coat oh, with like oh, the yeah, long, yeah. the mm-hmm. long – thin microphone and they got into an argument with uh the lawyers at children's television workshop because they were like hey we always used to have kermit doing like sesame street news where he would like interview like cinderella yeah. or like sleeping beauty uh and but then they were like yeah but then they, we they also had him on the muppet show on like the planet coosbane interviewing aliens And they went back and forth and back and forth about who owns Kermit, reporter Kermit. Yeah,
1: Kermit as a reporter. the
0: Muppet Show owns Kermit. And in fact, watching, um, there was that HBO 50th anniversary special for Sesame Street, and they put Kermit on it singing Being Green, and that was a big deal, because that meant they had to go to Disney and ask to use Kermit. Yeah. Because Disney owns him. But... They went back and forth, and eventually they were like, okay, you can release the reporter Kermit figure, but you can't give him a hat.
1: Right, that was their compromise. That was a compromise. Yeah. Well, it's like the same compromise that Marvel made with the X-Men movies before Disney bought Fox was the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, was that Marvel could use Quicksilver, or I'm sorry, Fox could use Quicksilver, but not Scarlet Witch, Disney would put Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron, but they would kill Quicksilver. Yeah, they
0: could only use Quicksilver once.
1: Right, and then they'd kill him. And they were and two completely was like
0: the... different characters. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So it was like their way but Strangely of like enough, the X-Men
0: one was more popular.
1: Right, and then now it doesn't exist. <laughs> No, none of it exists.
0: And that's another thing about Disney+. Plus. It, I was just thinking about... Oh, are
1: none of those X-Men movies on Disney+. None of the Plus? X-Men movies
0: are on. Just the, the animated series from the 90s is. Yeah,
1: well, actually... Um, Although
0: Disney did put out those DVDs back uh, in the day. The
1: animated series from the 90s is on, as is the... um, What was the one they did before Wolverine and the X-Men? It was, uh, Evolution, X Men Evolution. That was on, on Kids
0: WB around 2000. Yeah, I remember well, watching all of the, that. The,
1: and ni- uh, Wolverine and the X Men's on. Yes, there.
0: and all of the Marvel shows are on, like Silver Surfer, yeah, all, uh, Spider Man, Man, the Fantastic yeah, Iron Four, Iron Man, Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, I think I was saying it on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, season two of Fantastic Four. Is, you actually say it's pretty good. It's one of the best 90s
1: cartoons. Yeah, season one of the
0: Fantastic Four terrible. is the worst thing you'll ever yeah, see. Yeah,
1: I've never really. I've only seen like some of the Iron Man episodes. Watch um, um the But f- I do want to watch the Fantastic th- Four. The
0: first episode of season two is Century Sinister, because they do the Cree Sentry. Yeah. Which was just a build-a-figure for the Captain Marvel figures. Oh, he
1: looks perfect. Um,
0: but they fight him. It's better than X-Men. I mean, it's not as good as sure. what you'd see now. Right. But yeah, it's it's really good. And the title of that is uh, is wonderful. Yeah. Because there's no words. I mean the first season has too many words. Yeah,
1: too many everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the thing just loves to fight is a lyric
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in the same. Fantastic Four. Uh,
0: yeah, but none of the X-Men movies are. None.
1: No, yeah, not a one of them. Because
0: I was just thinking about Dark Phoenix. And I'm like, yeah, I think Dark Phoenix was on sale on iTunes. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay anything for Dark Phoenix. But I want to see it. Yeah, just Because it's know. just... Yeah, it's just the mental collection in my head. I don't like that there's a, a whole X Men movie I've never seen. I know it's going to be bad. Yeah, but I'm like, well, how bad? Yeah, I'm like, well, you could just throw that on Disney Plus, but it's not there. Yeah, none or, of them
1: are. And we had talked that you the New you, Mutants, New Mutants, you thought was just going to get dropped on there at some point. Right. I wonder if a lot of it is they don't want to confuse people by thinking that if they uh, Disney's almost certainly working on X Men movies. You know, somebody yeah, somewhere oh, in a room is writing scripts or doing something. And that someone is Kevin Feige. Yeah, and probably several other someones. Yeah. But I think maybe part of it is they don't want to confuse people by putting out other live-action X-Men movies until after they've gotten, yeah, yeah. like, a fresh start. You it's know?
0: interesting, too, and I think it, all, it also comes down to what is Disney Plus aiming for because there's no Planet of the Apes or Aliens on there. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe there's no Fox. But you know what? Home Alone 1, 2, and 3 – Are on there. And those are Home
1: Alone's on there for Christmas. No, but but
0: those are 20th century Fox movies. Mm. So that's as soon as Disney Plus launched, here's a movie that Disney did not have anything to do with, but it's a kids' movie. Right. So, you know, I don't think we'll ever see any rated R movies on there. So you put all the X Men on there and then you don't put Deadpool and you don't put Logan.
1: Right.
0: Uh, you, You know, I don't think we'll ever see. I don't think you're ever going to see Aliens on Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they wouldn't.
0: Because they built it up as kind of their...
1: Like a family-friendly? Yeah,
0: their virtual Disneyland. So, yeah. I mean, those movies are really violent. And there's a lot of talk about them rebooting Planet of the Apes and Aliens, which, fine, they've run those into yeah, the wall. Sure. do it again. Um, the Planet of the Apes, the last few movies were brilliant.
1: Wait, but- they're talking about rebooting Planet of the Apes... Beyond what they've already done,
0: yeah, they haven't said what it's going to be. Whether they're going to continue those, yeah, or like jump ahead and be like astronaut lands in the future, yeah, that kind of yeah. But both of those properties are so well known that it's like, of course, they're going to do something with them,
1: right? Yeah, they're not going to. It's that's what's weird is, like, but those last three, the, got them, use the, them. This,
0: yeah, but the Caesar trilogy was brilliant, but. I feel done. I don't. I don't think I want a fourth movie. Of, I don't know that I ever Andy saw the circus. last
1: one because I was like, one of them was okay, the second one was good, but then I was kind of like, this is it. I mean, I get it. The monkeys got smarter and they took over. It's like the you know? third
0: one is great. I
1: know, but the it's like third one is the I don't know best how much I one. Care.
0: It's big. It's a yeah. big war epic. It's so goddamn good. Hmm. But when it ends, you go. That was a trilogy. Yeah. You, you don't go, oh, but then part four, it's like, nope. That's it. Yeah, yeah. we walk away from this. Yeah. Fine, reboot it. Woody
1: Harrelson's in that too, right? Woody Harrelson's great in that. Yeah, he's in everything.
0: Woody Harrelson is in everything. If he's going to be Carnage, which, again, is going to be it's a Sony stupid. movie, but yeah, he's he's one of the best things in Solo.
1: The best thing in Solo yeah, is Donald I, Glover. I, I do want to rewatch- The second best thing in Solo um, is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I do want to re-watch Solo uh, because it's like – I saw that once and then, like I said, I wanted to watch – actually sit down and watch that last Star Wars Solo's on again. Netflix. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just like uh,
0: They just moved uh, Ragnarok from Netflix to Plus. I
1: saw that it's on the banner. And yeah. I was like, oh, they got – I kind of wanted
0: to watch yeah, it again. watch it again. Yeah, Ragnarok.
1: I love Ragnarok. It's great. I,
0: Ragnarok gets better every time you watch it. There's a lot of Ragnarok that I forget. Yeah. Like when Doctor Strange shows up, I go, oh, oh yeah. yeah. This Doctor-
1: is how this movie starts with this guy
0: in it. And that may be the funniest line in the whole movie is when, when he releases Loki he goes, I've been falling oh, yeah. for 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's all great.
0: Yeah. Uh, every, it goes to so – because you think – when you think about Thor Ragnarok, you think about the Jeff Goldblum planet. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's that movie with Jeff Goldblum Planet and Korg and, the, but that's and like the Gladiator. and the just part
1: of it. I mean, it's maybe like— There's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, there's the, so much else in that movie. The
0: whole final battle's in Asgard. Right. I Forget that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just realized, Um, I knew that Clancy Brown voiced Surtur. Tekoa is a motion <laughs> source for uh, Surter though. Yeah. That was him playing it yes. with like a suit because he did Korg and everything. Yeah. I was like, what, oh,
0: yeah. Maybe my favorite Clancy Brown vocal performance
1: ever. Oh yeah, and which is saying a lot because I thought that was your eyebrows. It's oh, a crown. It's a crown. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like uh, it's like my how my dad dismisses me, you know, in my like yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's
0: funny. Clancy Brown has been everywhere. I love the fact that he's uh, Mr. Krabs.
1: Yes, um, Lex <laughs> Luthor in Justice League, which is that's great. what I
0: think of him first. And Lex was, Luther um, in Justice
1: League, he nailed that so he was so good. There's in a it.
0: speech he gives in the f- it's the f- well it's the, f- the movie. But it's a three part episode. There's a speech he gives at the end of that when, like, Superman moves to Metropolis and he's like, Look, I own Metropolis. And it's it's scary and it's yeah. oozing and it's sleazy. And yeah, he is really, he really good. He sets up that character so right that it's one, as much as we talk about, like, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I'd say he's the he's third kind best of the, one. He's kind of the best Lex Luthor. I yeah.
0: Mean, I mean, there's him and there's Gene Hackman.
1: Yeah, Gene Hackman's very campy, you know, so it's like he's... But he's not
0: that campy because he's kind of... He, Gene Hackman still kind of comes from that naturalistic school of acting where he's just like, ha, ah,
1: ah, yeah, it's kryptonite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't go over the top that much. Like Kevin Spacey goes way Kevin more Spacey's over the top. Kevin like
1: chewing the scenery in those yeah. movies. He's uh, like, he, Kev, uh, Kevin Spacey
0: in Superman Returns is like... La- thinks he's Danny DeVito in Batman
1: Returns. Yeah, <laughs> doing a uh, Gene Hackman yeah. impression. And again,
0: he's an actor we can't look at anymore. Yeah, he ruined that movie too. That movie's um, tough to take to I, begin with. I
1: actually don't mind that movie. It's like, it's a little slow, but... It's
0: very slow and it's very long.
1: It's, it's like a third Christopher Reeve movie. I think it works. Clancy Brown also voiced in Odin in the Earth's Mightiest Heroes.
0: Oh yeah, he's pretty yeah. Good. Clancy Brown does a lot. He does. He's good. A voice actor. Um, I like him. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Joe. Uh, he he and Ron Perlman uh, played like best friends in the last season of Mark Maron's show. Oh yeah. Yeah, like Marin, Like Maron gives it all up for a couple episodes, and he goes to live like out in the country. Okay. And they're just two old guys that run a store, but <laughs> it's Clancy great. Brown and Ron Perlman.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. The. So yeah, I wish I thought Disney Plus was going to be deeper, and I do realize that they're going to release stuff bit by bit. But they they are making changes pretty quickly. They added a continue watching feature, which they didn't have before.
1: Oh yeah, it's like what, they're they're figuring out all the bells and whistles, and that was that, valuable because
0: you know. I've been watching. I've been getting pretty deep into like Star Wars Rebels, which is 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 a very good leave on show. Like I was I was rewiring some guitars, and I was kind of spending saturdays in the basement with a yeah. soldering iron and it was very easy to put the ipad on the end of the workbench oh, right! and just let like five it. or six rebels go yeah. through
1: i did the exact same thing i was cleaning my bedroom yesterday and i put uh the 90s x-men on mm-hmm. and it's just like uh just because it's like it's one of those shows where it's like the voice acting was so good in the show it's like it's was it it was pretty good. It's like there's a very quotable show. You know, I was I watched the episode with the Juggernaut. I would say it's a very Canadian voice. Over yeah, her. yeah, I'm fine with that. Canadians are good. There's an episode with Juggernaut, and then Jubilee and Wolverine like show. Up. He robbed like a bank or something, and it's like uh, Jubilee's like, "Let him go," and Juggernaut's like, "What you gonna do? Hit me with her diaper?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like a lot of nonsense lines yep. like that. You know, Jubilee <laughs> on X Men is the
0: only member of that voice cast that I have heard on another show. Oh, really? She was Winona Ryder in the Beetlejuice cartoon.
1: Yes. And in fact, like when... Because
0: I used to watch that because that was... That doesn't hold up that well. No,
1: (laughs) It's great. I had a...
0: The last time they put Beetlejuice out on Blu-ray, they put like three episodes on there, and I was like, oh, great. And I was like, oh.
1: Yeah. I had a a computer game that was based off that cartoon. Yeah. It was insane. (laughs) Um... Uh, the guy that plays Sabretooth in that show yeah. did a voice on the Silver Surfer show, but I couldn't tell you who, Okay, but I know that because mm-hmm. I'll never forget the voice of Sabretooth until the day I die. <laughs> I kind of want to
0: watch the Silver Surfer show again, and I feel like I'm not going to be able to get through it.
1: No, it's. I bet
0: it's pretty bad. It, I, I don't remember it being good when it was on, oh. but it was all Kirby designs. That was the cool thing about it. Right. They were just like, we're going Kirby with everything. Yeah, it was
1: cool. It's like uh, visually it was nice.
0: Yeah, but that was also, you could tell the 90s Marvel machine was starting to like run out of steam. Because there was that, there was that Avengers show, United We Stand. Oh, it was so bad. It was like they they well, they just they a, had ended X-Men, they had ended Spider-Man, yeah. and and they're a couple of years away from the X-Men movie coming
1: out, and Marvel's still bankrupt. And they it don't know like, what to do? Well, yeah. it's weird. That show's so bizarre, because I obviously watched it, because I was, like, happy to have anything Avengers Your back Marvel's before. all yeah. oh, the Avengers. <laughs> well, before, this was before there was anything Avengers. This was the, the first big thing. And it was so weird, it was like, alright, let's make an Avengers show, but we'll get rid of all the Avengers everyone cares about, and then we're gonna put everyone in weird armor, yeah. and put, like, Tigra and Wonder Man on the show, <laughs> That's, instead of, like, Captain America and Thor and Iron Man? Yeah, that smacks of a time when Marvel was
0: embarrassed by the Avengers.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because they, so they funny. didn't know how to sell
0: it. The, the comic wasn't doing well. Yep. They had already done an Iron Man animated series, so they didn't they want to use again. Iron Man. Captain America was in this weird limbo in the nineties too, because I remember that it was a big deal when they put him on Spider Man, and it was well, like they put him on Spider Man,
1: and they uh, when um, Marvel moved the X Men. Show was supposed to end And then they did that extra season Right he's in one episode of that He's in like one episode of that And they hadn't
0: released Toy Biz didn't release a Uh Captain America figure for like seven years.
1: They did finally, and it was a terrible it was a, action figure. It
0: was at that period when Toy Biz was trying to be McFarlane, so everything was like hyper. Yeah, he re-stylized. was like roided out. He would like yeah. he looked like a
1: linebacker and he had this his arms were very I it was just a terrible figure. Yeah, but it was it, the only other cap figure. It was
0: also like when they would cut his eye holes over his eyebrows. Yeah. And he had he would have like blonde eyebrows. Yeah, it's so yeah, weird. It wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, Captain America was like in this hole. Um hard we, to do. Yeah, I don't know that we had a top. We Oh, do. my God, we do. We, do. we have we're 35 minutes.
1: <laughs> and we're still just sitting around catching up. Idiots. Uh, two, <laughs> two trailers came out this week that were yes. pretty dope. Yeah, and there were two trailers
0: and a poster.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: There's, there's a poster for the Ghostbusters 2020 movie.
1: I'm actually pretty excited. I was talking about it this morning at breakfast, and my buddy Joe is a big Ghostbusters fan, and we're both like, no, it's like uh, – It it should be pretty cool. It's supposed to be like Egon's family finds like the Ghostbuster gear right at a time when ghosts start coming back. Yeah, and they're like
0: in a town in the country. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is like the only guy in that. Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah, he's Paul Rudd's like the only guy in that town that believes in ghosts. Yeah, and then they call the Ghostbusters, and it's going to be Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. That's great. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson cuz he yeah.
1: was so busy.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's an again
1: up- begging for people to take his photo at C2E2. There's an episode
0: oh, of The Movies That Made Us, which is a spin-off from The Toys That Made Us, uh about Ghostbusters. And that shows op- I feel frustrated about The Movies That Made Us cuz first of all, I want more episodes of The Toys That Made Us. Yeah. They haven't done a Marvel show. They haven't done a Batman show. Mm. And I'm like I'm like, Gu- "Guys, but the
1: toys that made you, John."
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh Nobody else was covering that. When I watched the movies that made us, I'm like, this is interesting, but this is what we used to put on DVDs 10 years ago. Right. It's like the behind the scenes of this movie. Yeah, a lot of these stories I heard because I own the DVD. Yeah, it's like, neato,
1: we we, we know this information already.
0: Yeah, but one of the things I learned about Ghostbusters was um, until the day they started shooting, no one was really sure if Bill Murray was making the movie. Oh, really? They couldn't find him. He was in France. Wow. And the night before, they're like, I don't know. And then they said, like, 8 o'clock in the morning, there's Bill Murray. He just showed up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's a
1: professional.
0: Yeah, and then Ivan Reitman was like, yeah, he did that with every movie. <laughs> he yeah. did that with Stripes. He did that with Meatballs.
1: That's great. Bill Murray's like an elder statesman of America.
0: Yeah, Bill Murray's
1: great. Um, and, and
0: as much as I want to like it, I'm like, it makes me realize that... I like that first Ghostbusters movie but I don't really buy into the franchise. The second movie's terrible.
1: There's good stuff in it, but the it's animated, not a great movie. The
0: animated series was fine oh, okay. for the time but doesn't hold up. The animated series was like as good as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, it was it was entertaining for the time but now it's probably a bit unwatchable.
0: Yeah, they did a whole uh, it was on Netflix and I watched a few of them and I was like, mm, "Yeah, I'm not watching this whole series." Yeah. And then um I liked the female one but it was more because it was Kristen with everyone in it was phenomenal. Kyle McKinnon, yeah, Leslie Jones, Melissa McCarthy, all of all four of those women are really, really, really funny. Yeah.
1: Like the queens of comedy right now. Yes,
0: I didn't really care about the ghosts in that movie. I'm like, right. ah, I just want to see these four women play off each other, and I think that movie is okay. We did a whole episode about it when it came out and they're seriously sony's trying to bury the fact that it ever happened
1: yeah it's wild
0: because they're like
1: which is crazy because that's the reason we got thor ragnarok because everyone was like oh chris hemsworth is super funny yeah that's that
0: alone is a reason to watch this movie hemsworth's hilarious in it
1: see i really do want to see he's
0: he is so funny in it uh it's a but the thing is when i look at ghostbusters i'm like yeah i like that first movie but I like it as much as I liked other Bill Murray movies. Right. Like, I love Groundhog Day. I don't need a Groundhog Day franchise. Right. I could just like Groundhog Day. So it's like, oh, you're making another one? All right.
1: Yeah, I, it's I like can't I'm not excited. Ex- well, it. it's exactly how I feel about one of the trailers we got this week was for James Bond. Where It's like, <laughs> I, I like James Bond movies. But I, uh, it's it's like it's like Planet of the Apes movies. It's like out of sight, out of mind. I never think about it when there's mm. not one in the coming coming out in theaters. I immediately forget about it after it comes out. The trailer showed that the I really like this actor, uh, the bad guy,
0: Christoph Waltz.
1: Yeah, and I, he was in the last James Bond movie, Spectre. Well, this
0: is what bothers me about this trailer: is No Time to Die. Uh, People have pointed out that it's the same font as The Love Boat, which I think already puts us in a weird place. (laughs) Um, But what bothers me about it is there's been this feeling with the Daniel Craig era to make it like a saga and a continuity, which none of the other Bond movies had. They were all one-offs, which I find interesting. But the problem there is that now this is the thing. Sequel to Spectre, and Spectre was
1: bad. Right, it was in. A, it would be one thing if they're making a sequel to like, um, what was the really Skyfall? Good one? Skyfall,
0: and that was Spectre was the sequel to Skyfall. Right, and it was not. So I
1: remember, like, I saw Spectre once in theaters, and I was like, I-, I don't care about this movie.
0: That movie is why we never talk about a movie before we start recording, because I always remember we saw Spectre separately. We didn't talk about it, we started recording, and you went, I didn't like it. I was like, I <gasps> Like it,
1: yeah. Because <laughs> uh, well, it starts off, I think, like a building gets like dislodged from its foundation and then like slides down a street or something. Yeah. It's like it was just like right. And then off he the bat, he it was almost
0: weird. flips a helicopter around, but he doesn't. I, I it was know. like full of stuff like that. It was like something really cool is going to happen, but then it doesn't. Yeah. The the girl he eventually falls in love with and quits being James Bond for is really bland. And I'm like, come on, this is James Bond. He's had every woman. Yeah. Uh, the action looks good in this, but I'm like, I'm sure I'll go. I've seen every Bond movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. I'll try, but I, I think it's just something where it's just like, I I don't know. It's like every time they make like a James Bond movie, I'm like, really, we're still making James Bond movies, huh? Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's kind of confusing. And I think and part this of is it, the this is the last this is Daniel the last Craig, Daniel yeah. Craig movie. But I felt like they said that about the last Daniel Craig movie and the one before that. So I'm just kind of like, this guy's still James Bond, huh? <laughs> it's like. Well, and yeah, that's that's, a, weird. that's
0: the thing about it. And is then,
1: is the next James Bond a girl?
0: They haven't named the next James Bond.
1: But it, was that like a thing that was? I think
0: it was just thrown out like oh, a James it? Bond could be anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's been this the thing about Daniel Craig that you forget, and this movie reminded me of it. Is he's only made five James Bond movies, and which is less than like Roger Moore or. Ah, uh, Sean Connery did. It is now more than Pierce Brosnan. He was tied with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, but we always feel like Pierce Brosnan wasn't that wasn't James Bond that long. But the reason was Pierce Brosnan was James Bond for seven years and made four movies. Right. Daniel Craig has been Bond for fifteen years. Oh, see, yeah, they've just taken a lot of time between to movies. They used to crank them out. I yeah. mean, in the Connery days, it was every year, and then with Roger Moore, it was like every two. Uh, with, with Daniel Craig, it's been like three, four years between. between it's them. been like making like a Star Wars.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was James Bond because I remember I think Casino Royale it is like two thousand five. Like, he like landed uh, from like a parachute or something. No, he like got out of a boat
0: and he was wearing he. And I feel like Daniel Craig has never been that interested in being James Bond because he got shit the first day and immediately he's had this fuck you attitude to yeah. James Bond because they announced him. And they do this big thing where this speedboat came up the Thames, like this military speedboat comes up the Thames, and he gets out in this suit and he's wearing the sunglasses, and it's like, this is James Bond. But they made him wear a life vest. Oh, yeah. So he's wearing a suit with, like, a big life vest on top of it, and immediately he didn't him. look cool, and everybody started making fun of him, and then they started saying he's supposed to be James Bond, not James Blonde. Mm. <laughs> like, they didn't even like the color of his hair, and yeah, I feel like weird. after that, Daniel Craig has been kind of Assaulty. fuck you about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: he was always kind of like, um we talked about this before a long time ago when those movies first were starting to come out. I said he's like a thug. You know, it's like, he's the first James Bond that's like, he just feels like this guy beat the shit out of you in an alley. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think I'd ever. He's I the least pictured.
0: smooth Bond. Yes. But, but, the, but the movies have reflected that. The movies right. have been had a harder edge. Yeah. Where like connor he's Connery was probably the closest to him in yeah. like terms of power. But Connery was also smooth. That's true. And then the Roger Moore and Brosnan's were just smooth.
1: Yeah. You can't really picture uh, Pierce Brosnan spending any time in an alley ever. Yes.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, he wouldn't even perfect hair. <laughs> he wouldn't walk through an alley to get to no, his car. No, 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 He'd no. go around go the around. block. <laughs> yes, I can't get I can't get too excited about it. Yeah. Oh, um, well, that's
1: um, another that the other movie, which, which is, is also a spy movie, very much like a James Bond movie. Is the we got the first teaser trailer for Black Widow, which uh, I've talked to a few people about and it seems to be a bit underwhelming. Is um, the consensus I've been seeing. I liked it. I liked it too. Uh, yeah. I think
0: it feels smaller because
1: the last movie was the biggest goddamn movie they've ever done
0: (laughs) right and marvel's always been good about that like marvel didn't feel like they had to make ant-man and the wasp gigantic right because it was coming after like a smaller infinity uh,
1: what was it like a macguffin movie chase the thing around yeah and they're
0: making a spy movie so right
1: that's what it should be it should be it should be more like winter soldier less like endgame
0: yeah and black widow doesn't have any powers, so i think that it is going to be stripped down but it's also coming out no, it is it is their next summer movie. And it and it's a long break from Marvel. Yeah, it's a yeah. long break from Marvel, so it feels like there's anticipation built up that it doesn't necessarily deserve.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like um this is Spider Man was the uh, aftermath of Endgame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very much like taking place in the immediate aftermath of that movie. This is going to be like, which is weird because it takes place before Endgame. This will be like the first post real post Endgame movie that we're going to see. That'll yeah, presumably just, start leading up to different stuff. We haven't seen yet. You know what I mean?
0: I just feel like we should have made this movie already. Oh, so it yeah. just seems like it seems odd that it's ten, coming out now ten
1: years after Iron Man two. Her first appearance is she getting her own movie. It's
0: amazing because I can't think of Scarlett Johansson being any older than 31. I know. And it's like, oh no, she's been in that for ten years. Like the first probably in her life. Lost in Translation was was like almost twenty years ago. Yeah, and she's still like Ghost World was twenty years ago. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. When when I saw Jojo Rabbit, which I really enjoyed, like she plays she plays the mother in that, and I'm like Scarlett Johansson can't be a mother, and it's like right. no, she has kids yeah. in real <laughs> <Yeah>. life.
1: <laughs> She's actually a mother. She was pregnant during like one of the Avengers movies.
0: Yeah, uh, I think Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. So I feel, I do feel like I want to see this. I think it's going to be good. David Harbor is the Red Guardian.
1: I, um, yeah, I have like mixed feelings. So at first. I'll say I'm very excited when they have like very close comic accurate costumes and they were like, they didn't shy away from it. He's got like a big red uniform. He's got like a hat on. But he has a giant beard. Yeah. Um, My worry is that I'm like, oh, David Harbor's good in Stranger Things, but he's like plays the straight man. And then in the Hellboy movie bombed horrifically. And I'm like, they said he was good. Did they? Yeah,
0: they said they said he did a good job. The movie's terrible.
1: Oh, okay. So I was like a little worried about it because he's he's like he seems very like cheesy comedy guy in this movie, and I'm like. Is this guy, yeah, but he's in not
0: it? in Stranger Things, so he's got range, yeah. So, um,
1: I, I'm just I'm of a am tentative.
0: I also don't think it's going to be a very big part. No, I don't think so. Um, we do see Taskmaster, which I know
1: I love Taskmaster, yes. Uh, but I will say, uh, I'm not thrilled with his lack of Taskmaster costume look. He's got going on, I think on. he looks like the <laughs> he looks way okay. he, he fits, he looks like an MCU Taskmaster, yeah. He looks
0: like Crossbones, yeah. And I'm like, well, it all depends on what he does, right. And I'm not the biggest Taskmaster guy. I love him. Yeah. Um but but you get him.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, so it'll be interesting to see what we're we're getting ourselves into here. It looks cool. It looks like there's gonna be a lot of action y stuff. Um But again, know. I it seems like in this odd odd
0: way that uh it's the movies are starting to feel smaller than Disney plus. And I know rise of Skywalker is going to be gargantuan, but Mandalorian has hit so hard.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is I think because Mandalorian's so big, um, that was one of the things I was kind of like, Oh, these Marvel shows are actually going to be bigger than you think they are. Cause I was thinking, I kept thinking they're going to be like agents of shield. I was like, ah, they're going to suck. Yeah. And, uh, no, no, they're actually going to be, uh, if they're on the level of the Mandalorian, it's like, we're in for a real treat. You know,
0: I mean Daredevil was bigger than Agents of Shield, and these right. are going to be bigger. But than But those
1: Netflix shows were such hit and miss that mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even watch half of them. You know Every what I mean?
0: yeah, uh, all of those Netflix shows have too many episodes. Yes, there's always dead air in those things.
1: Right, and that's what I'm kind of hoping they've gotten beyond that. They've it's like
0: well, The Mandalorian's eight episodes.
1: Yeah, it's like we're more than halfway through, and none of the episodes I was like, "All right, this is just filler." It's like now it's this just was the, different things. This happening. week
0: I thought was the most okay; like it didn't blow me away, but it was still good.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, I and had
0: Ming Na win from Agents of Shield in it.
1: Yeah, that was her, right? Yes, the, yes, um, Sky or whatever her name is. Yeah,
0: and apparently there was a rumor. Minor spoilers there was a rumor that like boba fett was at the very very end and i thought it was i thought it was the mandalorian coming back cuz at the end at the end like One's body is like
1: oh i thought it was just a different bounty hunter tracking him
0: See, i thought it was him but i had a couple of drinks before i saw oh, that show
1: yeah the greatest
0: thing in the world this week so uh comedy central just showed uh jessica Kearson's talking to myself um special on Friday night which is phenomenal and Jessica Kearson is probably one of the greatest comics that no one's ever heard of she's been around New York forever she used to do our show 10 years ago all the time sweetest person in the world um and really, really, really funny. There was a night where we all went down to the Comedy Cellar, and it was this magical night where, like, Dave Attell was there, and Jim Norton was there, and Dave Chappelle showed up, and Artie Fuqua was on. And we just stayed there for, like, four or five hours because they do two shows a night. And Jessica Kearson was doing our show at the Improv all the time. This is when we, used to, we were, like, young comics that used to hand out flyers in Times Square. And she stopped by our table, and we said hi. And she looked at she looked just she, she went oh hi. She goes oh I know you you're a comic. And then she looked at the table. and She like oh all you guys are comics. I know I know you guys. And the waitress stopped by, and she grabbed the waitress by the arm. She went they're comics. They don't pay. Yeah, that's cool. So like we had that. Not only was that this magical comedy night where we saw everybody in the world. Um, but because of Jessica Kirsten, like she made it thing. even even better. Yeah, and you know, we were all broke as hell that oh, back yeah. then. But she's always been this unknown uh this well kept secret where all comics love her. Um I was looking for a clip of the special to show to show you, Steven, when you came in. Yeah. And uh she just appeared on the tonight show to like promote the special. And you noticed, I, I was like, "Well, you haven't seen her. Let's just see her material." And you noticed that I almost never see this. They used a shot from most. Yeah, of I spe- never saw it where you could see Jimmy Fallon at the desk because he was dying.
1: Yeah, he's like slapping the desk and he's like giggling and stuff. And it's like I, I hated Jimmy Fallon on the SNL because yeah. he's like he sucked. But I actually really like him as a um, like a TV host yeah, talk show or whatever, host, yeah, talk show host. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all it's uh, that's like a. It's true of everything, I think, of every field. But it's like once you know enough about like a field, like say stand up comedy, mm-hmm. it's like to find like a stand up comics, stand up comic. Yes, Do you know what I mean. That was one of the things I always liked about um, Chris Somni, uh, the comic artist. Yes, is that uh, if somebody had taken a dig at his art online, and then like Stuart amonin and Beckalo mm-hmm. and all these other like modern comic artists jumped in, they're like, no, 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 this guy is. We all look at this guy and we love what he does. Right. He's a comic artist's comic artist. Yeah.
0: When I was doing comics in the nineties, a lot of the artists I knew had gotten their start in the early nineties and the late 80s, and they were all about Michael Golden.
1: Yeah. They was were like all the guy, about yeah. Michael
0: Golden. I'm like, yeah, I think I've seen some Michael Golden here and there, but he wasn't as prolific as like Art Adams. Like, yeah. like my guy was Art Adams because he predated Jim Lee. But like Art Adams, you could go. Here's Long Shot, Here's those X Men yeah. annuals. Michael Golden, he
1: He's always see here. Se-
0: yeah, and it was always like an issue here, an issue. Yeah. He was like a Neil Adams in that way, where you could tell he took his time, right? So he didn't do a run on
1: anything. He was like a Mike McNola before Hellboy. Is like a lot of people like yes. his stuff, but his stuff was, you know, there wasn't a huge thing you could point
0: to. No, he would do a limited series here right. and there and a fill in issue. But Jessica Kirsten is like that in stand up comedy. comedy. Like if you know the New York stand up scene, you know who she is, and you think At she's New great. York
1: comics love her love her yeah
0: every new york comic i ever met including myself at the time loves her yeah and that's what makes it so special was she's never gotten a big break
1: yeah it's always good to see when they finally do get it yeah she she did
0: like an indie movie with robert de niro which seemed huge but nobody saw that movie Mm -hmm. like robert de niro makes a lot of movies right you know like i had to remind myself when i was watching the irishman i was like oh when was the last time i saw robert de niro and i was like you asshole, you saw him in Joker like a month yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: he was... He works he was a lot. just in that movie, yeah. He's not hurting for work.
0: But also the reason she has this special is Bill Burr has a deal with Comedy Central where they said, hey, we will we will let you produce three stand-up specials. You pick the comedians and you give them our specials. Oh, that's cool. And the first person he picked is Jessica Curzon.
1: Yeah, which shows you again... Yeah, yeah so it is...
0: aired Friday night, but you can find it on demand. Um... It's on the it's on ComedyCentral.com. I believe it's on the app, but I couldn't dig it up. I, at one point with the app, it just went, uh, are you signed into Xfinity? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we, we don't know if we know Xfinity. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's watch this. Let's watch her again. on The Tonight Show. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, definitely, definitely watch this special. Nice. Um It's just so good, as, as we were saying, when you know somebody really talented and really good, uh, it's so good to see them get the break because like, Honestly, I was watching Saturday Night Live last night, and Jennifer Lopez was hosting, and I'm like, "Why are we still with Jennifer Lopez? Because yeah. she wasn't good. Yeah, you know, like she wasn't the musical guest. She doesn't have a movie coming out, and she wasn't good in any sketches. And I'm like, we're still with Jennifer Lopez. At Least Jessica Kurson has
1: an hour special, right? Uh, I just I got it a couple weeks ago, but I. Uh, I haven't started looking at it yet until recently was the, they did, um, the official handbook of the Marvel universe omnibus. Oh, did you get it? I did. Ooh. It's pretty cool. They, it's like they collected the, the 12 issues and then it's, yeah, like it's the book of the dead. It's the original, original
0: one. Yeah. Right? From yeah. the eighties. Because they did it in 83 and then a year or two later, they brought it back as the deluxe edition. And that was like twenty issues, oh, and they so, were all and they were all double sized. And That was the one I collected. Gotcha.
1: So this is the original one that they did. Okay. And it's actually kind of interesting because I, I, when I was reading comics like in the early two thousands, they were bringing back that book, but it was the, it was more of like the character. It was like a biography. of like, here's Captain America, and here's all the stuff that's happened to Captain America. They condense all his history down in it. Okay. And this book is more of like. This this is it's like I'm it's like it's interesting to try to read who this book, uh, wh- like who supposedly wrote this because it's almost it's like statistical information almost it's like here's Magneto's like height his weight his eye color and his hair color his group affiliation yep. his base of operations and then it's like he's a genius that can build all these crazy devices and he can control the Earth's magnetic field and at peak powers so he can lift this much tonnage it's very like. Scientific, right? Versus then Magneto kidnapped the X Men, and you no, know it's a I, reference book, and it's it was a reference it, book. it was
0: Peter Sanderson who did that series. He was the editor of that series, and it was brilliant because it kind of took this. Like role playing game, yes, feeling They're to like it. They're like characters, yeah, exactly. And in fact, there was a Marvel Superheroes role playing game around the time, which may have been the genesis of this, yeah. It might yeah. have been they were working on the game, and he started thinking, Hey, we should do this for the books, yeah, because at that point, it was there was no internet, first of all. Um, but, you know, the armadillo would show up in an issue of Hulk, and you'd be like, who the who hell is this, is this guy? guy? And then if you were lucky, he would say, well, you didn't kill me under the Grand Canyon, asterisk.
1: Right, Dr.
0: Yeah. Strange, 149. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, uh, and then you're at a comic convention, and you're like, do you have Dr. Strange 149 so I can find out who the armadillo was? Right, yeah. And finally there was a book that were all the A's. Yeah. And that, again, I read the deluxe edition because I got into Marvel. Late in the game. Yeah, I had the final issue, which was the weapons. It was a whole, yeah,
1: which was really cool. It's and like, it was it's all like CAD drawings. It it's, was great. It's it yeah. It's so crazy how um, in depth they went with this because I again I was like, who is this book for? And it's like here's how uh, Cyclops's visor works on like a technical level, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a cutaway of like the inside of what his visor looks like. Yeah, it
0: was like. It showed like, it was like how technical well it showed how the button on his visor opened up the ruby quartz. Yeah, it was great. But they
1: had it for like Spider Man's web shooters Spider-Man's were like that. Yep. they had Hawkeye's arrows, Captain America's shield, Mockingbirds like battle staves. Uh, it had the Quinjet, the Blackbird. It had all the headquarters that they'd done. I mean, the Ultimate Nullifier. I mean, everything.
0: And this was the. I, this is the first time that a comic company tried to do this. Because then DC started doing Who's Who. Yeah. And it was... But with DC... Because of the DC universe, it was a lot looser. It was a lot more amorphous and vague. Yeah. Every time I picked up an, an issue of Who's Who, I I couldn't figure it out. Because it, it would also be like Earth 1 Batman, Earth 2 right. Batman. That's and like, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And it was... And it was more concerned with the history because DC has always been more concerned with history. Marvel's always been more concerned about now. Right. So DC it was still a denser, deeper dive, and it was kind of harder to figure out. Yeah. But you're right. With One of the things I loved about it as a kid was I looked forward to that book because I loved seeing characters I didn't know.
1: Yeah. And I would open it up and I'd be like,
0: Clea? Ooh, I wonder if somebody can use Clea somewhere. Yeah. You know, and you kind of had like this basis of who they were. Some of the best drawings of those characters, which Joe Rubenstein inked them all. So they had this nice uniform there, yeah, look. Yeah,
1: there is a uniformity to it. So the book's really cool because it breaks down who drew everybody. And then it does two two things I really like. And the the first thing is that it's like it's it's like um it's like the mosquito from Jurassic Park is that it's like uh it's locked in amber. It's like this is what the Marvel Universe looked right then. Yes. Because there's so much that happened post this book that um, well, is that totally book is, different. That book it's is pre secret Wars. pre secret Wars. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool snapshot of what the uh, Marvel universe looked like it's in Bronze the early It's Bronze Age 80s, Marvel. Which is my go-to yeah. Marvel era. And then the second thing it does that's really cool is in the back, they have like what the pitch for the book was. Like it's all his Ooh, notes never, and everything. I never saw that. And he's like, all right, when we're doing the book, here's what the page is going to look like. And they have like a sample page of like Terax or whatever. And it's like, don't draw them in an action pose. Draw them standing there. And then they have an action pose of Terax. Like, this is too action-y. And they're like, we want something more like this. And he's just standing with, like, holding his, like, And then they would something.
0: find panels of them in right. action. Right. Yeah. And
1: th- just getting the different artists to draw straight-on shots of the characters in costume, it was actually kind of, like, a hard thing to do because all these guys were ingrained with, like, the Kirby, like, dynamics, explosion yeah. and dynamics. And it's like, no, no, we just want Kingpin standing there. And, you know, it's, like, straight on. Don't do, like, a funny angle or make his fists huge. It's, like, so it's just kind of, like, a cool little, um, it's a cool little thing. And it's, like, uh, it's, it's totally, totally, like, a nerd, like, Marvel book. Oh, yeah. And I love it because it's, like, I'll, I've got it sitting on, like, my stack of, like, the other books I'm reading.
0: Well, it also came out at the time when the fanzines were getting... Yes, we're getting, we're getting big. big. And those that those were the kind of conversations they were having in the fanzines. So like, oh, who's stronger, Hulk or thing? Who could pick up the most stuff?
1: Right. Um, and
0: so that was Marvel just going like...
1: This is official. It was
0: Marvel being the Guinness Book of World Records of their For own Marvel. characters.
1: Yeah, which is a really cool um, place to be at. Yeah. So it's I, nice as like a reference book. So like I'm reading um a couple other omnibuses at a time you know you know read an issue here read an issue there so what's nice is you read an issue and it's like oh um this character shows up in alpha flight and then it's like oh and go to the official handbook and i'll read their entry about um whatever character right. it was and it's like pretty much the all the all the main players are in it you know what i mean it's like um The 80s guys and 90s guys obviously aren't, but it's... uh, I mean, the groundwork's all there. Well, that
0: was the success and the eventual downfall of it. I love the fact that you said it's like preserving it in amber. Because the idea was like, this was going to be it. This was going to be the reference book. Right. And back at that point, there were really no trade paperbacks. So it was just like, well, we'll put it out monthly. We'll put it on newsstands. That's where you'll get it. But it was supposed to be set in stone. And then a couple of years later, they were like, all right, we'll do the deluxe edition. Because, hey, a bunch of these guys died, uh, we created a bunch of new characters, yeah. and we totally changed these other characters. Right. So when they did it, again, that which was the, the second series that I got into, it was five issues longer, and each one of those issues had twice as many pages, yeah. so it was a much, much bigger book. And then, a couple of years after that, they did they called it the update, and they did a five-issue series of like... Here's, uh, here's everything that's major that we have to talk about. And I remember it was like update 88. And it was like, we got to put Venom in. We didn't have Venom before. Right. Here's Venom. Uh, Hulk is gray now and living yeah. in Las Vegas. We got to do that now. And then, so then you had this book that was supplanted by the book, supplanted by the book, supplanted by the book. So then in the 90s, which of course is a point where you could sell anything, they did this really weird um, idea, which was, it was a good idea, but it didn't pay off where instead of selling you a comic – They shrink-wrapped a bunch of three-hole punch pages, and then the idea was you would buy a binder.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. And
0: then it was – so it wasn't a letter. It was kind of random. It was like, here's characters that you should know right now. Like, uh, hey, here's a a bundle of pages that have Gambit and Cable and and Scream and Strong Guy, and then you can slide it in. Where you need to alphabetically so we don't ever have to go back and reprint these. Right. But that series, you never knew where it was. You never felt it was complete because it was just like every month a bunch of pages show up. And I don't know if I missed something and right. I don't know when it's going to end. And then in the later 2000s, which is uh, what I thought you were talking about before, they, when the hardcover market started getting big. Um, when they started doing things like the Ultimates hardcover and the Mark Wade Fantastic Four hardcovers, uh, the Ultimate Spider-Mans were big sellers. Mm. They started to do the handbook of the Marvel Universe of one character. And oh, the,
1: yeah. These are the ones I had when I was a kid where it's like, Spider-Man. here's Spider-Man. It was yes. all the supporting characters, all yes. the villains, the tactics. Here's the X-Men. Yeah.
0: And again, it was limited. And I think we're at the point now where it's um, there's no need to make these books anymore because it's like... The I'm,
1: internet. Yeah, Wikipedia will do that. Yeah, and that's what's cool. So what's nice about these is it's like it's – that's why I, I don't know that if they did a different one that had like the 2000. I wouldn't get it. You know, I probably have some of those single issues at like my parents' basement. Right, and I thought about buying this on
0: this, but I was like, well, if they do that deluxe one, that's the one I grew up with. Yeah. So maybe – So maybe, maybe, wait, but – That uh, would have to be two on Yeah, I think. I think.
1: Well, and it's pretty skinny. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of material to okay. it because it's only – I think it was 12 issues, but it's like it's like a page on Captain America. You know, it's like each character pretty much Right, that page. was another big
0: thing with the deluxe edition is the ma- minor characters got a page, but major characters got like two, three pages. Right. Because they would get into their history. The history
1: and stuff. And this goes so like... So like
0: with the Spider-Man one, it would be like, and then Gwen Stacy died. And then right. he had a clone. Yeah. And then he got a black costume. And I,
1: I, like I said, I haven't read a lot of the entries yet. I'm kind of because it's weird it's it's not like when any other omnibus i'm getting i'm like reading it page to, uh, cover to cover you now, know this is a reference book this is a reference book so it's like i'm not going to read about you know the asp or abomination because it's like i don't need that information right now but when i come up across story that has one of those characters it's like oh cool okay let's read what the official handbook of the marvel universe said about the abomination see what if there's anything in here that i don't that I didn't already know. Right. You know, and then it's cool to just kind of see like the little artwork they did for the book. It's like, uh, it's just like, like I said, it's a very niche thing I feel. Um, but it's like a cool little, um, I, it just reminds me of those books I used to read when I was a kid. Um, you know, those like handbook type books like this. And it's, it's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, if you want to let us know, uh, what we don't know, there are ways to get in touch with us. Uh, social network wise you can follow me at not of my book on both Instagram and Twitter that is as close to an official feed as you will get because I don't have time to run two feeds and uh, I can't figure out how to get more followers to me to begin with yeah <laughs> much less start one for the show uh, but you can follow me at not on my book or you can go to facebook.com slash comics that is a dedicated show page and that is where we do things like like repost the trailer for no time to die and black widow and talk about the news and get into
1: conversations. Um, and Steven, uh, I am on Instagram at the brave butter pecan and you can find the show on iTunes and stitcher and the Apple podcast app. And we will talk to you next week.